0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, friend and truth seeker. You are listening to PGN, Prophetic Grace Network. This is Nicole, your Book of Revelation research scientist. Thank you for being with me and with us today. We are focused on understanding the Book of Revelation from start to finish. And today we're talking about the New Earth Prophecy. The Book of Revelation is the pinnacle work In a series of works. It is the culmination. It's the top of the top for the Holy Bible. It is book number 66. It has 12 statements of prophecies, uh, 12 statements of prophecy, 12 prophecies, if you will. And today we're going to be focused on the New Earth prophecy. You can see and have the one-page basic study notes for the New Earth Prophecy. They are available for you at blogtalkradio.com forward slash live prophetic. There are always one-page basic study notes for each of the talks uh, for this particular PGM program. When we are talking about the Book of Revelation, we are talking about what the Word of God says. Are you interested in a new heaven? A New Earth, No More Death, or the Tree of Life. If you are, hang on, because we're going to be talking about all of those things today and more. I want to give some context for hearing the New Earth prophecy and for understanding what it is. So we're going to have discussion and analysis on the New Earth prophecy. Let us understand the book of Revelation. Uh, What is it and how does it work? How is it organized and how do you make sense of it? One of my favorite things to do is to make something that seems really difficult to understand, uh, to make it easy to understand, I believe, that if God gives a person true understanding of a topic, then that individual can explain it to others in a way that's easy to understand even if the topic is uh very complex. So, I am here with you today because God has given me that assignment to share the book of Revelation with his people. I uh, That means you, friend and truth seeker, let's get to it, understanding the book of Revelation from start to finish. I want to begin with the question, uh, what is the book of Revelation? We're told by an omniscient narrator what the book of Revelation is and how it came to pass. An omniscient, in other words, an all-knowing narrator provides the first eight verses of the book of Revelation that's part one we could think of it as a preface so it's before the formal introduction which is part two but they both appear in the same chapter so the first eight verses of the book of Revelation chapter one verses one to eight we have the alpha and the omega the omniscient one telling us how the book of Revelation came to pass. In other words, how is it that you and I have the ability to read it and hear it today? An omniscient narrator tells us that, and he also tells us what it is, what it is. Let's hear that. Part one of the book of Revelation. There are six parts, by the way. Let's hear part one and then part two. Part one is the preface, an omniscient narrator telling us what is the book of Revelation and how is it that it came to pass. And then we're going to go to part two, verses 9 to 20 of chapter one, which is its formal introduction. But let's start with hearing How did it come to pass, and what exactly is it? Here it is, reading from the New Living Translation, the preface for the book of Revelation, an omniscient narrator, God the Father telling us uh, what the book of Revelation is and how it came to pass. He says, this is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him, to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is his report of the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church, and he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says, for the time is near. This letter is from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, from the sevenfold spirit before his throne, and from jesus christ he is the faithful witness to these things the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all the kings of the world all glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us he has made us a kingdom of priests for his for god his father all glory and power to him forever and ever amen look He comes with the clouds of heaven, and everyone will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. That is the preface for the book of Revelation, verses 1 to 8 of chapter 1. That's part 1 of the book. Let's pull out three key points. The preface is written by God. He is the narrator. That's what I mean to say. God is the narrator, the one talking to us. How do we know that? Verse 8. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. Now, what is the book of Revelation? What is the Revelation, quote, unquote? The Revelation is found in verse 7. Look. He comes with the clouds of heaven, and everyone will see him. The book of Revelation is about the unveiling of Jesus Christ, the revealing of Jesus Christ to the entire world. The Bible says here in verse 7, all the nations of the world. So you might say, research scientists, Jesus Christ has been revealed for more than 2,000 years. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. There are individuals who do not know that Jesus Christ is the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. He's the Lord of all lords and the King of all kings. Some people know it, praise the Lord, but there are many who don't know it. There's coming a day and an hour when the entire world... will understand that Jesus Christ, the entire world, will understand, will know, will see him, see him for who he is. Who is he? He's the king of all kings. He's the lord of all lords. He's the ruler of all the kings of the world. So in verse 7 in the preface, we have succinctly, in a nutshell, what the Book of Revelation is. It's a discussion of that culminating event, that key event, when Jesus Christ, quote, comes with the clouds of heaven and everyone will see him. Let's pull out a third point. So what else does this omniscient narrator tell us? He explains how we arrive at the Book of Revelation. So he says this revelation is from Jesus Christ, and we're told that God gave it to Jesus Christ. Who's God? God the Father. Great is the mystery of the Godhead. Uh, Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. God the Father, we're told in verse 1, gave him, who's him, Jesus Christ, the revelation. Why did he give Jesus Christ the revelation? So that Jesus would show his servants the events that must soon take place. So the revelation went from God the Father to Jesus Christ. And then we're told, still in verse 1, that Jesus Christ sent an angel to present the revelation to John. And John reported everything he saw. Now, right now, we haven't heard anything about what John has seen. We're in part one, the preface. God the Father is talking to us. We see everything that John has seen in part four. That's John's report on heaven. And in part five, he tells us the prophecies, the external visions to himself that the angel of the Lord showed him. So see, it says here in verse 1 that Jesus, quote, sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John. What the angel shows to John appears in part 5 of the book of Revelation. All the prophecies... An angel of the Lord shows them to him beginning with verse 1 of chapter 5 and ending with verse 5 of chapter 12. So that's very key. That's very key. Okay, so we understand what the book of Revelation is because an omniscient narrator, God the Father, tells us what it is and we understand how it came to pass. Now let us go to part 2, the formal introduction for the book of Revelation. We have um some nice symmetry with the introduction and the conclusion. So the introduction to the book of Revelation is part 2, the conclusion is part 6. Both parts of these books um both parts of the book of revelation both of these parts that's what i mean to say both of these parts have two narrators john the revelator and jesus christ now you might say well wait a minute in the preface it said that john faithfully wrote down everything he saw he sure did now again what did he see He saw what the angel was tasked with showing him, the prophecies, but there's some other things that happened too. So some other things that happened are his experiences leading up to the angel showing him the revelation. In other words, his experiences leading up to the angel of the Lord showing him the 12 prophecies that the angel shows him, and then his experience after the angel of the Lord has showed him all the prophecies. So in part two, we have the formal introduction for the book of Revelation, and in part six, we have the conclusion. In part three, still we we haven't gotten yet to the angel of the Lord showing him the prophecies. That's part five. In part three, Jesus Christ is talking. If you have a red-letter Bible, you see chapters 2 and 3 of the book of Revelation only red letters because it's Jesus Christ talking about what is happening now. In other words, what was happening at the time John the Revelator was was on the earth. And in part 4, John the Revelator is supernaturally transported to heaven. So again, he hasn't seen any prophecies yet. But once he's in heaven, now he goes to the heavenly movie theater, if you will. And that's where he writes down everything he saw. But he also writes down his experiences before the angel shows him everything, and he writes down his experiences after. Now... Let's go to how it all ends. Then let's go to how it all begins. So after John the Revelator is shown these 12 prophecies, and we're going to hear the New Earth prophecy today, this is going to help us to get some context for understanding the book of Revelation. What does it say in the conclusion? Then we're going to go to the introduction. You might say, research scientist, why are you doing it out of order like this? I want you to see how the book of Revelation ends because it's going to build your confidence and faith in the truth of it, in the truth of it, in the reality that all of the prophecies in it are 100% true. And you're going to hear Jesus Christ in this conclusion because the conclusion is narrated by both John the Revelator and Jesus Christ. You're going to hear both of them talking about Uh, These events And you're going to hear the angel of the Lord Commenting on What he has just done So here it is The conclusion of the book of Revelation Revelation Chapter 22 Revelation Chapter 22 Verses 5 to 21 The angel of the Lord Has just finished showing John the Revelator 12 visions in a heavenly movie theater. And now we're going to hear Jesus Christ and John the Revelator narrating the formal conclusion. Here it is. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed are those... Okay, wait, sorry. That started with verse 7. I meant to start with verse 6. Then the angel said to me, everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God who inspires his prophets has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen soon. So that's immediately after the last prophecy, the last vision John the Revelator was shown by the angel of the Lord. So after he, so after everything in chapter 5 chapter 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 19 20 21 verses 1 to 5 of 22 so all of that is part 5 these are all the visions and what are these external visions to himself these are external visions that the angel of the lord shows John the revelator now how does what does the angel say after he's done showing John the revelator these visions the angel of the lord This is what John says. Then the angel said to me, everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. What does that mean? What's he talking about? All of the visions, all of the moving pictures with sound, all of the movies John the Revelator was shown in heaven, movies about soon coming realities, we would call them documentaries in today's vernacular. He says, the angel, everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. In other words, all these prophecies, all these visions that you were shown, John, are trustworthy and true. Then the angel says, the Lord God who inspires his prophets has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen soon. So the angel is saying, the Lord God inspires his prophets, and he sent me to tell his servants what's going to happen soon what is in the future the future that involves the revealing of jesus christ to all the nations then in verse seven now we hear jesus uh he begins to narrate and he says look i am coming soon blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book now we hear john I, John, am the one who heard and saw all these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. Now, what's he talking about? John is saying, I'm the one who heard and I saw all of the visions that the angel of the Lord showed. So John the Revelator is called up to heaven And beginning with verse 1 of chapter 5, he writes down all of the visions, the moving pictures with sound. So he saw and heard moving pictures with sound. These were visions uh, created by an omniscient God, shown to John the Revelator by an angel of the Lord. And he wrote, them down and so now john in the conclusion after jesus says look i am coming soon blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book then john says i john am the one who heard and saw all these things and then john says and when i heard and saw them i fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me but he said Talking about the angel, John the Revelator says, But he said, No, don't worship me. I am a servant of God, just like you and your brothers, the prophets, as well as all who obey what is written in this book. Worship only God. Then he instructed me. Who's instructing John the Revelator? It's the angel of the Lord. So the angel of the Lord tells him, Hey, don't worship me. I'm just a servant. Then he gives John the Revelator an instruction. Do not seal up the prophetic words in this book, for the time is near. Then we hear in verse 11, Let the one who is doing harm continue to do harm. Let the one who is vile continue to be vile. Let the one who is righteous continue to live righteously. Let the one who is holy continue to be holy. Okay, then we hear in verse 12, Jesus Christ begins to narrate again. I shared with you the conclusion is narrated by both Jesus Christ and John the Revelator. Now Jesus Christ is narrating and he says, Look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. So Jesus Christ is confirming You've seen all These visions John the Revelator has written them down uh, For you And now Jesus Is telling us Readers of the book of Revelation Beyond the visions That John the Revelator saw Jesus Christ is saying He's saying to The readers of the book of Revelation So this is not in a vision This is A reality beyond the documentaries, beyond the prophecies, is the conclusion of the book of Revelation. It's written by John the Revelator and by Jesus Christ so that you and I can understand what we have just heard, what the book of Revelation is. Jesus says, look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. Now, in reality, in these visions, we already find out that Jesus Christ is coming soon, and we have a report of uh, his return. We have a report of the resurrection in the book of Revelation and the prophecies. We have a report of the battle of Armageddon. So all these things are described, but after the documentaries have been shown, In part five of the book of Revelation, we're in the conclusion Jesus is confirming with his own words to you and to me. Look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and eat from the tree of life. Outside the city are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idol worshippers, and all who love to live a lie. Let's pause there for a second. Today we're going to hear the New Earth prophecy. Before we arrive at the new earth there are a thousand years that's the millennial reign it's a transition period when Jesus Christ returns there will be of course the first resurrection there will also be individuals who continue to live in their mortal bodies but they fail to make the first resurrection And so those individuals whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life, they will be where when Jesus Christ returns? We're told right here, outside the city. What city? Jerusalem. Outside the city are the dogs. Now, this is not not talking about, you know, your cute poodle or your German shepherd or your beloved uh, shih tzu. Dogs is used uh, as a metaphor for, and then we're told, what what are dogs from the perspective of Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ says a dog is a sorcerer, a person who is sexually immoral, a person who is a murderer, a person who worships idols, and a person who loves to live a lie. Now you might say, well, if Jesus is here, how can there be a murderer? Because during the millennial reign, the first thousand years of Jesus Christ on this earth, there will be those who are in Christ and those who continue to be sexually immoral, murderers, idol worshipers, those who are not members of the royal race, uh, those who are still subject to mortality, but he tells he tells us they will be outside the city. Now, who's going to be inside the city? Who is allowed to enter the city? Think about this. If you wanted to go to New York City or Zurich or Geneva or Beijing or London or Washington, D.C., um, or Houston – you could go there as long as you had your right documentation now let's fast forward to uh, let's fast forward to year 1 after Jesus Christ has returned not everyone's going to be allowed to enter jerusalem it says blessed are those who wash their robes that's a metaphor for those who are in christ It says, they will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city. They. So when Jesus returns, not everyone is going to be able to come to Jerusalem. Now let's continue. What else does he say in the conclusion? I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. Now let's back up for a second. What's the message so remember, we heard in the preface that Jesus Christ sent an, sends an angel to show John what must come to pass. So the angel of the Lord is the one who shows John moving pictures with sound, visions external to himself. And he shows them he shows him 12 of them all in a row beginning with verse 1 of chapter 5, that's where John begins to, he, he starts writing down what the angels has shown him. And Jesus Christ confirms right here, in his own words, Jesus narrating, tells us in the conclusion, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. What message? The revealing of Jesus Christ, as it's told in these 12 visions, these 12 uh Movies about the future, 12 documentaries about the future. That's the message. Who's the message for? It's for the churches. Who's, who are the churches? Those who are in Christ, the body of Christ. Then Jesus says, I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright morning star. And the bride say, Come, let anyone who hears this say come, let anyone who is thirsty come, let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. And I solemnly declare to everyone who hears the words of prophecy written in this book, If anyone adds anything to what is written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. And if anyone removes any of the words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city that are described in this book. He who is the faithful witness to all these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen, come, Lord Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. So we have it ending with John the Revelator saying, uh, Amen, come, Lord Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. Okay, so that's the conclusion of the book of Revelation. Three key points. Jesus confirms that all of the... Moving pictures with sound, all of the visions, all of, and I'm using different language to describe the same thing, all of the visions that the angel shows John the Revelator, all of the moving pictures with sound, those are the visions. All of the documentaries about soon coming realities, again, those are the visions that the angel shows John the Revelator. Jesus Christ confirms in the conclusion that all these things that the angel showed John the Revelator are true. All, in other words, all the prophecies noted between chapter five, verse one and verse five of chapter twenty-two, one hundred percent of them are accurate and true. We learn that in the conclusion. Jesus Christ also says, "Hey, when I come back uh, in is in, in Jerusalem, not everyone's going to be permitted to come in that city. Inside the city." Only those who have washed their robes will be permitted to enter. And outside the city, those folks who are, uh, who are sexually immoral, who are idolaters, who are murderers, who uh, practice witchcraft, they do tarot, astrology, graphology, uh, see, uh, mediumship, All all these things outside of the will of God, none of these individuals will be permitted to enter Jerusalem when I return. That's where Jesus is going to be. And he also confirms, hey, when I come back, one of the things that is going to happen is I'm going to reward all people according to their deeds. Now, some people are going to get a reward that's fantastic, awesome, and amazing. What people Those who are are in Christ, those who are in Christ who have done any deeds that make it through the holy fire at the end of the world will get some awesome rewards. Uh, Those who are not in Christ will be rewarded according to their deeds as well, and uh, the wages of sin is death. They will be rewarded with the second death. Now, We've heard the conclusion, and we just heard Jesus Christ and John the Revelator narrating the formal conclusion to the book of Revelation. That's part six. Let's hear a third part. Let's also hear Jesus Christ and John the Revelator with the formal introduction. So we heard the preface now we're going to the introduction how did this all start we just heard how it all ends Jesus Christ confirms that the New Earth prophecy we're going to focus on today he confirms that the angel of the Lord showed that to John the revelator and it's true it's true it's going to come to pass and so we're going to hear the New Earth prophecy let's hear how did how did this all start for John How did this all start for John? So here is how it all started. The formal introduction also narrated by both John the Revelator and Jesus Christ, verses 9 to 20. So we're going to hear the answer to this question. How did John the Revelator actually receive the book of Revelation? How did he, quote, unquote, get it? here's the beginning of his supernatural experience this is the very beginning of the supernatural experience we're in the second part of chapter one so this is part two of the book of Revelation in the first part of the book of Revelation we heard an omniscient narrator God the Father telling us what the book of Revelation is and how it came to pass and now in part two The formal introduction, we have John the Revelator telling us the beginning of his experience, his experience with the book of Revelation. Here it is, verse 9 of chapter 1. I, John, am your brother and your partner in suffering and in God's kingdom and in the patient endurance to which Jesus calls us. I was exiled to the island of Patmos for preaching the word of God and for my testimony about Jesus. It was the Lord's day, and I was worshiping in the spirit. Suddenly, I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. It said, Write in a book everything you see and send it to the seven churches in the cities of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands, and standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze refined in a furnace, and his voice Thundered like mighty ocean waves He held seven stars in his right hand And a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth And his face was like the sun in all its brilliance Let's pause there for a second John the Revelator was on the island of Patmos He was in exile And he's telling us he had a visitation A visitation from who? jesus christ you might say how do we know this is jesus christ it tells us here in verse 16 talking about the person who visited him it says he held seven stars in his right hand and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth in revelation chapter 19 we find out that the person from whom a sharp two-edged sword comes from the mouth is the rider of the white horse, the person who has on his side the title uh, King of all kings and Lord of all lords, the person whose name is faithful and true. We learned that in Revelation chapter 19. So John the Revelator was visited by Jesus Christ himself. Then John the Revelator says, continuing, In verse 17 of chapter 1, When I saw him, he's talking about Jesus Christ, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died. But look, I am alive forever and ever. So if there's any doubt, in verse 18, we know for sure that this is Jesus Christ. How do we know Jesus Christ died when he was crucified on the cross, and then he rose from the dead three days later. So Jesus says, I am the living one, I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. So John the Revelator is having a visitation from Jesus Christ, who currently, at the time that he visited John the Revelator, On the present earth, so he came to visit John the Revelator on this present earth, and when he came, he was in his glorified body, the body he's in right now in present heaven, a peak performance body, 100% free of DNA errors. It's the same type of body that he promises to give every person at the time of the first resurrection who. His name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Every person who has found and followed God's plan for salvation. Every person who is among the wheat. Every person who is a sheep. All who are among the good fish. All who, uh, who are team Jesus. So Jesus says in verse 18 of chapter 1, this is in the formal introduction, he's uh Talking to John where on the island of Patmos, John is having this visitation from Jesus Christ, and Jesus continues and says to John, I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. Write down what you have seen, both the things that are now happening and the things that will happen. So what does is, what is Jesus uh, instruct John to do? He says, write down the things that are now happening and the things that will happen. So John the Revelator, we're going to see, does exactly that. So we're in part two, the formal introduction. We heard part six, which is the conclusion. What about the middle of the book, parts three, four, and five? Parts three and four are the things that are now happening. And part five is the things that will happen. Part five is the bulk of the book of Revelation. Part five are all the visions that the angel of the Lord shows him, all the moving pictures with sound, all of the documentaries, if you will, about the future. So Jesus tells John the Revelator, In verse 19 of chapter 1, write down what you have seen, both the things that are happening now, both the things that are now happening, and the things that will happen. We're going to hear in a moment. Part 3, things that are happening now, what was happening right then, at the time John the Revelator was on the earth, with those who were in Christ? So that's what was happening then from our perspective, right, in 2023. But at the time that John was in his mortal body on this present earth, that was the things that were happening now. So Jesus told him, write down the things that are happening now, and he writes down the verbatim words of Jesus Christ concerning the things that were happening Now, in other words, at that time when he was on the earth, that's part three of the book of Revelation, seven letters to seven churches. Also, what was happening now, part four, we're going to hear that in a moment. Now, how does it end the formal introduction? Jesus says, this is the meaning of the mystery, of the seven stars you saw in my right hand in the seven gold lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So that's how the formal introduction ends. Now, chapters two and three, that's part three of the book of Revelation, seven letters to seven churches, and in those, Jesus has uh, words for each of the seven churches. He has words of praise, words of correction, in other words, words of constructive criticism, as well as promises. So uh, that is what was happening, what Jesus wanted to say to each of the seven churches that existed on the earth at that time. Part 4 Let's hear Part 4 Then we're going to go to the New Earth Prophecy Part 4 So remember Jesus gave John the Revelator an instruction Write down what is happening now And The things that are to come So we still haven't gotten yet to the things to come Part 2 and 3 I'm sorry Part 3, chapters 2 and 3 Seven letters to seven churches Well we're in 2023, not 2,000 years ago, so uh, it's useful to, uh, of course, read those things. But let us get to the New Earth Prophecy today. On other days, I've um, shared on the seven letters to seven churches, and we'll do so again. But today, we're going to focus on the New Earth Prophecy. How do we arrive at the New Earth Prophecy? So today, we're going to talk about a new heaven, a new earth, the tree of life, what happens after the end of the world that's what we 're going to focus on today the new earth prophecy how did How did John the Revelator get this new earth prophecy? Well, in part four of the book of Revelation, chapter four, we hear about how John the Revelator was supernaturally translated uh, transported to heaven, so Jesus visits John the Revelator on this present earth, where? The island of Patmos. Then Jesus says to John in so many words, now it's time for you, Jesus Jesus says, now it's time for you to come to where I am. So Jesus came to present earth, to visit John, the Revelator, and give him an instruction. And then Jesus returns to heaven and says, Okay, come up here. Come up here. Let's hear about it. Before John was shown visions by the angel of the Lord, he had to go to where the angel was. So the angel wasn't walking around uh, the present earth. The angel was in heaven. And so John needed to go to where the angel of the Lord was so that the angel could show him these documentaries about the future. It's kind of like, um, I want to see that new Napoleon movie. I have to go to where that movie is being shown. I have to go to where the movie is being shown. John the Revelator had to go to where the angel of the Lord was going to show him these visions about the future. Okay, so now we're going to hear about John's experience of leaving this present earth, going to heaven, and what he saw when he arrived in heaven before he was shown the visions. So this is part four. So remember I said earlier, the book of Revelation includes six parts. And so in order to unlock its secrets, whenever we open it, we need to know what part we're in so we know what we're looking at. In part four, everything is literal. Everything in part four of the book of Revelation, chapter four, is literal. So there are no metaphors. John the Revelator is literally describing. He's describing exactly what he saw when he arrived in heaven. Okay, here's his report of how he was supernaturally transported from present earth to present heaven and what he saw when he got there. Chapter 4, verses 1 to 11, that's the whole chapter. John the Revelator says, Then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven. And the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. Now, what voice did he hear before? We're all the way in chapter 4, but remember the verse he heard before was in chapter 1. That was Jesus Christ. Now he says, Then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven, and the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, Come up here, and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the spirit, and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones, like Jasper and Carnelian. And the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. Now let's pause for a second. So John the Revelator instantly was transported in his spirit, To present heaven And he tells us What he sees And the first thing that He reports seeing is A throne Now if you live in the United States of America And maybe some other places Throne might sound a little bit Odd But if you recall When Prince Charles was recently um, Installed as king He sat on the throne so for those of us who don't have uh kings and queens in our leadership or in our uh everyday lives in terms of our cultural experience this is it's a little bit odd perhaps think about that but he's seeing a literal throne and someone is sitting on it and he describes the person sitting on the throne as being uh, brilliant as gemstones, now imagine that a living a living being being brilliant when, when you look at it. so maybe we look at it like a diamond, or we look at uh, other things as shiny, brilliant. This is what he says. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones, like Jasper and Carnelian, and the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. Twenty-four thrones surrounded him, and twenty-four elders sat on them. So he's in heaven. He sees someone sitting on a main throne. The person he sees is brilliant, like a gemstone. Uh, And the the throne itself appears to have a glow around it, like a rainbow. Then he says, well, it's not just one throne. There are actually 24 thrones that surround the person. It says 24 thrones surrounded him. So sitting on the throne is a him. And he says 24 thrones surrounded him, and 24 elders sat on them. So so far we're at 25 people, or 25, let's say, uh, 25 living beings so there's a him and elders so that sounds like people to me but we might say beings uh, so that 25 beings uh, there's the one sitting on the throne and then the 24 elders they are also sitting on thrones that surround the main throne Then he says, they were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. So it appears that he's talking about the 24 elders. He tells us about their outfits. I like that. He says they're wearing uh, white and they have gold crowns on their heads. It would be nice to have a little bit more detail about their outfits, but uh, he does tell us that everyone's wearing white and they also have gold crowns on their heads. Now what else does he say? He's in heaven. He's been supernaturally transported there. He has The angel hasn't showed him any visions yet, but he's telling us first things first. This is what I saw um, when I first arrived in heaven. So you're on a trip, an amazing trip. You're going to go uh, on your honeymoon or you're going on your college graduation or your anniversary or you just retired. You're going on the best trip of your life. You get off the plane in this amazing uh, location. Maybe you're going to Honolulu or you're going to uh, Geneva or you're going to New York. You, You go to this amazing place. And so as soon as you get off the plane, you start to describe what you see. So that's what we have here. As soon as John gets to heaven, this is what he sees, and he starts telling us what he sees. Then he says, from the throne came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder. And in front of the throne were seven torches with burning flames. So he hears a sound coming from the throne, the rumble of thunder, and he sees lightning coming from the throne. And he says in front of the throne there are seven torches with burning flames. This is the sevenfold spirit of God. In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass, sparkling like crystal. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes. Now let's, let's count. So we have 25 uh, beings. Now we have four more, 29. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes front and back. The first of these living beings was like a lion, the second was like an ox, the third had a human face, and the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings, and their wings were covered all over with eyes inside and out. Now, he describes the the person sitting on the throne as him, he describes the 24 people sitting on thrones surrounding that main throne as elders, but he describes these last four people as living beings. Now, note, he doesn't say that they are lions or oxes or humans or eagles, but he says the first living being was like a lion. So he doesn't know what it all is. He's telling us what he literally sees. So he's doing his best communicate uh the, the the reality of what was so he sees a living being that looks like an iron lion he sees another living being that was somehow it was like an ox another one had a human face but notice he doesn't say it was a human it had a human face but he describes it as a living being Okay, and then the fourth one was like an eagle in flight. So it wasn't an eagle, but it was somehow like. And then he tells us uh, all, of, all four of these living beings have six wings, and then their wings are covered with eyes all over. Then he tells us about the activities of the last four, these living beings. Day after day and night after night, they keep on saying... Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. Then he keeps telling us more about the activities of these four living beings. In verse 9, whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, let's pause there. Now we have more information about the person, the him, sitting on the main throne. It says that this person is the one who lives forever and ever. This is God the Father sitting on the throne. Then it says in verse 10, The 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord our God. Okay, so there we have more confirmation. So this is God the Father sitting on the throne. So these four living beings say, You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and they exist because you created what you please. That's the end of part four of the book of Revelation. That's the end of part four. So we only have one more part that we have not focused on. And for the remainder of our time today, we're going to focus on that, the New Earth prophecy. So... Here we are, John the Revelator's in heaven. He tells us about uh, 29 29 living beings. He sees God the Father, he sees 24 elders, and he sees four living beings. Very interesting. Very interesting. You know, I remember when I was in high school, I would... uh, I went to a high school in New England. Sometimes I would go to, uh, I'd fly into this really small airport in New Hampshire. It had only four four gates. So when I got off the plane, if I looked around, I could tell you exactly how many people I saw, okay? And so John the Revelator, he gets to his destination, present heaven, and he tells us exactly uh exactly what he saw, 29 29 people, God the Father, 24 elders, and four living beings. Now, the very next thing in the book of Revelation, verse 1 of chapter 5, John has written down what the angel of the Lord shows him. So immediately after John finishes telling us his report on heaven, He tells us what the angel of the Lord showed him. So there's no more uh, about uh, the words of Jesus, about what was happening for the seven churches. There's no more about his experience looking around heaven or being transported to heaven. Now we have, and this is the bulk of the book of Revelation, beginning with verse 1 of chapter 5 to verse 5 of chapter 22, he tells us only about his experience with the angel of the Lord showing him visions about the future, moving pictures with sound. These were external visions to himself, so he didn't lay down and have a dream. He didn't stand up and have uh, a daydream, so he didn't have a night dream. He didn't have a daydream. He was looking at external visions to himself. How are they external? These were visions that an angel was showing him. Remember in the preface, the omniscient narrator tells us that Jesus Christ instructed an angel to show John the Revelator the things that are soon to come to pass. So now beginning with verse 1 of chapter 5, The angel is showing John the Revelator what must soon come to pass. Now, on May 24th of 2024, I'm going to go, hopefully on that day, hopefully on that day, Daryl Paul and I are going to go to the movies, and we are going to see the new Planet of the Apes. John the Revelator went to... A supernatural, he had a supernatural experience. He was shown moving pictures with sound, something better than the Planet of the Apes. Now, you know, to be honest with you, Planet of the Apes, this is a, if I I had to think about top ten movies or series of all time, definitely in my top ten. But how much more exciting, how much more important is a documentary that includes only, only facts, events, realities that are important. So he went to the movies, if you will. He went to a theater in heaven, and he saw 12 documentaries. When he wrote down everything that he saw and heard, because he saw these visions that were shown to him, moving pictures with sound, because he didn't have a cell phone to record them, he had to use the best technology that existed at that time, a writing utensil and parchment. When he wrote them down, now we refer to them as prophecies. But if he had the benefit of a cell phone and he recorded what he saw, then we'd be talking about it as a documentary. But because we have a written report of him watching the documentary, we refer to it as a prophecy. Okay, now, he was shown... Documentary number one, documentary number two, documentary number three. He was shown by my analysis, 12. The first one is the Seven Seals documentary. Then he was shown the Seven Trumpets documentary, and it goes on like that. The final documentary that he was shown is the New Earth documentary. We are about to hear it. Now, what is it? It's the last documentary, and it tells us what happens after the end of time. You might say, well, time can never end. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. In First Peter, we're told that uh, the world is coming to an end, that time is running out. Time exists within God. It has a beginning and an end point. We're going to arrive at a point where we're in what we could think of as eternity future, beyond time. Now, think about this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The beginning of what? The beginning of time. If time has a beginning, then there means that there was something before time. That's right. And there's something after the end of time. That's right. What is it? It's the new earth. Now let's go to it. What happens after the Battle of Armageddon is fought in one? After Jesus Christ establishes his government on this present earth, after Satan is thrown into the lake of fire, after the children of Satan are judged and also thrown into the lake of fire, after death, after death... Is thrown into the lake of fire After all of God's enemies are destroyed The Antichrist The false prophet Satan The children of Satan And death After all five of God's enemies are destroyed Time will have come to an end And we will be in eternity future We will live Three in one body, spirit, and soul in a glorified body on a new earth. Now, let us hear the documentary that reveals the truth of a soon-coming reality, which is the new earth. Here it is, the New Earth Prophecy, reading from Revelation chapter 21, verses uh, chapter 21 in its entirety, as well as verses 1 to 5 of chapter 22. The New Earth Prophecy begins with this. John the Revelator speaking to you and me, he says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down for what I am telling you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will Be my children, but cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars. Their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Then one of the seven angels who held the seven bowls containing the seven last plagues came and said to me, "'Come with me, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb.' So he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper as clear as crystal. The city wall was broad and high, with twelve gates guarded by twelve angels." And the names of the twelve tribes of Israel were written on the gates. There were three gates on each side, east, north, south, and west. The wall of the city had twelve foundation stones, and on them were written the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked to me held in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city, its gates, and its walls. And its wall. When he measured it, he found it was a square as wide as it was long. In fact, its length and width and height were each 1,400 miles. Then he measured the walls and found them to be 216 feet thick, according to the human standard used by the angel. The wall was made of jasper, and the city was pure gold, as clear as glass. The wall of the city was built on foundation stones, inlaid with 12 precious stones. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, The third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were made of pearls, each gate from a single pearl, and the main street was pure gold, as clear as glass. I saw no temple in the city. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there is no night there, and all the nations will bring their glory And honor into the city Nothing evil will be allowed to enter Nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty But only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life Then the angel showed me a river With the water of life clear as crystal Flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb It flowed down the center of the main street On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruits, with a fresh crop each month. Leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads, and there will be no night there. No need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever. That is the New Earth prophecy in its entirety. That's what the angel of the Lord showed John the Revelator when he was called up to heaven. That's the twelfth vision that the angel of the Lord showed John the Revelator. It is the New Earth documentary. He wrote down everything that the angel showed him and everything he heard as the angel was showing him. These moving pictures with sound, uh, this vision, this documentary about the New Earth to come. Now let's Let's discuss and analyze everything that we heard in this New Earth prophecy, beginning from the end and going all the way to the uh, verse 1. So interestingly, one of the facts about the New Earth is this. There will be no night. So today, uh, we have daytime and nighttime. But on the New Earth, after the end of the world, after... Uh, There's no more time. We're just going to be in eternity future. There will be no night, and we won't need a lamp or a sun because God the Father is going to shine on us. And we're also told that all members of the royal race, every person whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, will reign forever and ever. In verse 4 it says, and they will see his face and his name will be written on their foreheads. Now, as you know, coming soon during the great tribulation will be the opportunity for folks to take the mark of the beast on their hand or on their forehead. This is a counterfeit mark, Satan's counterfeit of the mark of God. The mark of God will be on the forehead of Every person who dwells on the new earth, only those who are the children of God will dwell on the new earth. Only those who are the children of God will be permitted to transition to the new earth. Only those who are the children of God will have the true mark. The mark of the beast is a counterfeit. The mark of God is his name written on our foreheads. And we're told his name will be written on their foreheads. Who's there? The wheat, the good fish, the good fish that are kept, the wheat who are harvested and who participate in the first resurrection, the sheep who hear his voice those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's the day who will also see his face. Have you ever wondered what does the face of God the Father look like where well, we're told elsewhere in the Bible that no one can see his face and live until until we arrive on the new earth? Then not only will we... Uh, be with Jesus Christ God manifest in the flesh but we will also be with God the Father and we will see his face Now what does it say in verse 3 No longer will there be a curse upon anything Have you noticed that in this world we're under the curse everything is dying Now I don't say that to be morbid or to uh bring you down I'm certainly no Debbie Downer, okay? But the truth is, the most beautiful rose will die. The most glorious tree uh, on this present earth will die. Your wonderful pet has an expiration date. The mortal body that I dwell in and that you dwell in, it has an expiration date. Why? Because We're under the curse. But on the new earth, it says, no longer will there be a curse upon anything. That means there won't be a curse upon all who live on the new earth. There won't be a curse upon the animals on the new earth. When you have a pet on the new earth, your pet's going to be with you for eternity. When you are with your uh, family members on the new earth, they're going to be with you for eternity. verse 2 it says on each side of the river grew a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations on the new earth there will be nations so of course as we heard there will be uh the new jerusalem so that's the city that God the Father and Jesus Christ will live in, that's where they choose to have uh, their abode. So that will be the headquarters for the universe, the new Jerusalem. The headquarters for the new earth and the universe, the new Jerusalem. But beyond this specific city, there will continue to be nations. These nations will have a healing process. Now, you might say, why do the nations need to be healed? Well, recall that nations are comprised of individuals, and as individuals, we are three in one, body, spirit, and soul. When we get born again, our spirit is made perfectly. Our spirit man never sins again. When we participate in the first resurrection, then our bodies are made perfect. No DNA errors. No, there's no trace of mortality in the physical body. Once we participate in the first resurrection, we're putting on our peak performance body, the body that's just like the one Jesus Christ inhabits right now. That's why he can be, uh, he can visit John supernaturally on this present earth. He can be in present heaven with that body, and he could rise from the dead with that body. He can eat with that body. It's perfect. We're going to have a perfect body. But then there's the soul, mind, will, and emotions. Mind, will, and emotions. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. Okay, so things are going to be healed uh, with the fruit that comes from the tree of life. Now, we're told earlier in verse uh, verse 1, the angel showed me a river with the water of life clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. So there'll be a river with water. Now, I'm one of those people where I like drinking uh, the alkaline water with electrolytes. As far as I know, that's the best water that anyone can drink. If you know else, if you know um, otherwise, if you have other information about the best kind of water, please share it with me. I'm interested in that. Uh, on the new Earth, there's going to be the water of life. How much more amazing is it going to be? You know, if I can get that alkaline water with electrolytes, I really feel a difference. I'm not promoting that. I'm simply saying, for me, I notice a difference uh, in how I feel when I drink that. But how amazing will it be to have uh, a river with the water of life that flows from the throne of God and of the Lamb? And that river with the water of life, it says, will flow down the center of the main street. What main street? The main street where God the Father and Jesus Christ will reside on the new earth. Where is that? In Jerusalem. So Jerusalem will have a main street. You know, if you're in D.C., the main street is Pennsylvania Avenue. Or maybe some people might say 16th Street. I would say it's Pennsylvania Avenue or 16th Street. If you're in New York, the main street is Fifth Avenue. Right? If you're in Northfield, Massachusetts, the main street is called Main Street. (laughs) Okay, so we understand the concept of a main street. In the New Jerusalem, that city on the New Earth, there will be a main street, and this river with the water of life is going to flow down the center of the main street. That's going to be gorgeous. Have you ever been to San Antonio, Texas? Uh, it's a really beautiful city. They have uh they have the the River Walk. Am I saying that right? They have these uh this water that flows down the different streets. Let me make sure I'm saying that right. So uh yeah, it's called the San Antonio River Walk. It's really, really beautiful. Um how much more beautiful will the uh, river with the water of life be flowing down the main street, in down the main city, which is the New Jerusalem? Okay. Now, what else do we learn in the New Earth documentary? So let us go. um, We're starting at the end and going back to the beginning. Let us go to Revelation 21 at the end. More about what we learn in the New Earth documentary, 27, says, nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in a Lamb's Book of Life. Now, we're going to hear much of the New Earth prophecy is a description specifically of A city, the great city, the holy city, the headquarters for the new earth, Jerusalem. It's referred to as the new Jerusalem to contrast it with the Jerusalem that exists today. Now you might say, why don't we get a description of New York or L.A. or Mexico City or Vancouver? Well, this book focuses on the unveiling of Jesus Christ, the revealing of Jesus Christ, and now we're learning about where Jesus Christ is going to live after the end of the world, when we're on the new earth, and when we're in eternity future. That doesn't mean that there aren't other cities. We just heard that the leaves will be used for the healing of the nations, but We shouldn't be mad, and we should understand that Jesus is excited, God is excited about where they are going to live. When we look at the Bible over and over again, when we look at the books of the major prophets and the minor prophets, and we look at the seven trumpets prophecy here in the book of Revelation, God is interested in his temple, his house. And so this city where God the Father will live is something that he's excited about. He's looking forward to the day and the hour when he's going to relocate from present heaven to the new earth. So this is when God the Father, so we're going to already have God manifest in the the flesh, Jesus Christ, the Son of Man and the Son of God. We're already going to have God in that form with us at the time of the second coming of jesus christ but it's not the entire godhead god the father he can't come back until all five of his enemies are destroyed but when he comes back when he relocates from heaven to the new earth he's sending he's sending this beautiful city the version of Jerusalem that is excellent enough, amazing enough, beautiful enough for him to have it be his permanent place. So we're getting a description of the city that God the Father is going to live in, but this is not the only city that's going to be on the new earth. But it's kind of like if you and I were talking about um Housing in 2023. Maybe we talk most about the house that we live in, right? Or the kind of house that we want to live in. But there, there are lots of different houses, uh, lots of places that people live in but i would probably talk a lot about washington dc because that's where i'm from maybe you talk a lot about atlanta because that's where you're from or garland texas because that's where you're from or mexico city or uh london or lagos right okay so god is talking a lot about where he's gonna live now on the new earth In contrast to today, all kinds of things are happening in Jerusalem right now. All kinds of people are in Jerusalem right now. But on the New Earth, it says, talking about Jerusalem, nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The nations will walk in its light. And the, king, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. There's coming a day and an hour where there will be peace in Jerusalem. It will be a peace that lasts forever and ever. It's coming after the end of the world when we transition from the present earth to the new earth. After the millennial reign, after the great white throne judgment, we go to the new earth. We're going to continue talking about it next Sunday. At twelve, noon Texas, at twelve noon Texas time next Sunday, and at ten a.m. Texas time this Thursday, we're going to continue talking about the New Earth prophecy. Thank you for being with me and with us today. And I urge you, according to Jeremiah thirty-three three, call out to God. He promises to show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know. Thank you for being with me and with us, truth seeker and friend. Until next time, God bless you.